0: Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode. My name is Hans. I'm Edward. And we are your hosts for now and forevermore. In today's episode, we are going to be discussing the differences between virtual and physical events and whether or not there is still a place for physical events in what is predominantly a digital first world. Now, naturally, this discussion has come about because of the recent pandemic, something we all wish we could forget, but unfortunately, it has become a way of life now. However, there is some positivity that did come out of it, and that is how it spearheaded a digital first nature for events, entertainment, and even working environments. Surely many of you out there are currently working from home, at least we hope. Granted, certain companies are pushing for people to return back to the offices, but that will form part of today's discussion on whether or not you know, that kind of a thing really is necessary in a digital first world. And then therefore, if working at at your office is no longer necessary, then is it also necessary to attend an event as a physical person? (laughs) When it can all just be digital. (laughs) yeah. (laughs) So this is going to be the crux of today's episode. And if this is something that interests you, we do hope you will continue listening and join us for... The entirety of what will no doubt be, at least to us, entertaining. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All righty. So over the last couple of years, we've seen a fundamental shift in the way entertainment and working environments are handling um, employees and guests and visitors. We'll initially start this off from a tech and video games perspective, whereby in 2020 and 2021, we saw one of the world's biggest video games expos go completely online. And that is the Entertainment Electronic Exposition, better known as E3, an event I have been lucky enough to attend several times in the past. And that is why I feel I can talk about it today in terms of the differences between. Would it still be worthwhile having a physical event versus one that is all digital? In addition to that, we're going to be speaking about, as I mentioned before, working from home and whether that is, again, something that companies should be doing for employees or whether or not it is even necessary, among a variety of other things that we will speak about, which will all be interrelated, including, you know, how we've previously spoken about how, or rather given our opinions on entertainment in terms of cinema. And whether or not going to the cinema is even worth it anymore. That was a, a pretty decent episode. If anyone's interested in that, yeah. by all means, go back and look back at our Ghetto archive. For now, though, Ed, let's uh, get straight into it. And as I mentioned, E3, yes. it became purely digital in 2020, 2021, mm-hmm. and seemingly died. Uh, <laughs> pretty much. At, at, <laughs> at the same time, at the same time. So now... I suppose that's another a, a part of the conversation as well is can see not all events can make the transition, obviously. Right. Mm. But many of them, in my personal opinion, I think Edward shares his opinion as well can now in terms of E3, what is interesting about it is how, um, it's always been a physical event and for years and years yeah. and years and years, um, that's just how it was. It was an event where, Uh, developers and media and public you know could all come together and see the latest in the video games industry with hands-on demos of video games sometimes even hardware as well as having the opportunity to speak to developers directly now in the time since e3 has no longer become a physical event and has become purely digital some of that has unfortunately fallen by the wayside so perhaps the best change in my personal opinion is access to information has actually increased via an all digital e3 event and by this i mean yeah previously e3 was very much restricted to members of the press um with certain days open to members of the public but you know having access to developers and uh, you know um, people who write music etc etc everyone behind the creation of video games was still restricted purely to media access for obvious reasons because, you know, it it, it really wasn't the place for public to speak to developers and things directly. It's more, you know, the channel is you find out via media because that's the media's job, to go into developers, ask relevant questions, and then report on it. Now, with the move from physical to digital, a little bit of that personal nature sort of falls away because now you can't go into a room with a variety of like-minded individuals and all share similar opinions or speak about things after you've watched like a presentation and so on and so forth. You know, I will concede that perhaps that is one of the major negatives is that you're not um, around like-minded people and you, you, it's not that easy to make friends, you know, when it's all digital and so on and so forth. However, a positive of the digital aspect is how it's opened up so much more to even the general public. So where before, if you attended E3, you'd watch an exclusive uh, video of a game or something, only media would have access to that. Because of the inability for so many people to travel, including the media, a lot of those kind, that kind of information has been made more public, which, personally speaking, I prefer. It's much nicer to have... Um, that candor that uh you know to allow people who even aren't who aren't part of the media to still feel like they're a part of something else or they're getting insider access or whatever the case is now with that benefit i suppose the other negative would be how there is some difficulty in terms of getting information from the developers now so Where E3 as a physical event means that you can schedule appointments, because that's how it would work. If you were a member of the media, you can schedule an interview at a certain time on a certain date, and you'd go through and you would uh, meet with the people, you know, talk with them, so on and so forth. Um, I suppose now that that's gone, what what I've seen happen is now there's very much generic answering to certain questions. So don't get me wrong. um, Interviews and things are still available but they're far, they're fewer than they were before and they're often reserved for much bigger outlets purely because yep. you know, a physical event has a limit. So you know there's going to be 300 members of the press, so you need to make yourself available for at least 50 to 100 sessions within the week that E3 is going for. But without an actual event, there are no time slots. So you're per- permanently available which means you could get hundreds and thousands of emails from media from all over the world, even those who potentially would never have traveled to the event to begin with, now yeah. requesting access, okay? So that's how I view it. You know, it's a bit of a a a bit of a, a, a give and a take, I suppose. Um, what I will say, however, something that I do not miss is how tiring E3 can be. Now, and I mean, from a physical perspective, the LA Convention Center is absolutely massive. And I remember the several times that I went, I ended up walking tens of kilometers in that week, just up and down, up and down, different locations, visiting, you know, different booths. It, it, it look, it is a phenomenal, wonderful experience, but it is incredibly taxing. I mean, after that week at E3, I felt like I needed another two-week mm. holiday. Because yeah. it's not it, it's enjoyable to a degree, but it is also very hard work. Conversely. I would say that now, in a digital first era, there is still the the possibility of becoming tired, but for a very different reason. So where E3, the main event, is is purposefully condensed because it has to take place within a certain period of time, digital E3 has gone on for like three months, four months. Mm. <laughs> so the tiredness yeah. now is not so much a physical tiredness of having to walk around it now becomes a mental tiredness of how there is always another something that is being announced or spoken about or revealed and it just doesn't stop so it's actually more consistent so where everything was once condensed in a week now you have four months of reveals and releases and it gets a bit much when you have to cover this as your your job is your profession yeah
1: yeah like uh, and and it's not only that like even though we have this big 4 month window now all of a sudden m- multiple developers and publishers they decide to do this little rat race kind of thing where s- <laughs> let's say Xbox for for argument's sake will release a trailer on the new Gears of War then Sony will immediately after the day after even though they don't have a scheduled conference for another week they'll release some teaser about Last of Us or whatever, just to make sure that they are in the news ahead of the the competition. And
0: even that's super tiring. That is a very astute observation. I didn't even think about that, but you're actually quite right. So Mm. with a physical E3, you would only really get announcements during their press conferences. Mm. But in a digital first E3, where many uh companies or more notably sony have moved away from being part of e3 and they now do their own thing you're right they do randomly release things to coincide with other (laughs) yeah with other (laughs) other publishers and
1: (laughs) and the worst part is about this like the the general populace and even the media we get used to a release cadence. We we get used to, oh, the schedule is coming, they'll probably release a teaser or two beforehand. But then suddenly this this coincidal announcements happen. And it's exhausting in a way that it's it's unpredictable. And then it causes False news to start circulating. Oh, they might announce this because they've already announced this. So this is out mm. of the way. So let's talk about this game that's coming in five years' time, and that might happen now, and then it doesn't happen, and it causes disappointment. Um,
0: well, look, I mean, the whole advancing, uh, announcing things well in advance has been traditional E3 for, for decades. That's that's not yeah, that's too, true. Too different. Perhaps what you are saying, however, and that I do understand and what you maybe mean, is where things are being announced via PlayStation Showcase or a Nintendo Direct or uh, the Xbox stream, and then the very next day or or a day later, one of the competitors is now releasing something else to combat the hype that has been built up off of whatever event, the digital event that they've now had, which is very Mm -hmm. different to in the past where it was all one event, one event, one event. Everybody watches, everybody enjoys, everybody speaks about within only a couple of more uh, announcements afterwards because all the big announcements happen Mm -hmm. at the events, you know? And so I suppose what you are saying is true where let's say one of the, one of them have had an incredible event more so than the others. Then one of the others might tease something that is still several years away, but it doesn't matter because now it takes away from 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 the other, the big uh, thing, and, yeah. and you know, and they're all guilty of this. So it's not like one is better yep. than the other in this regard because they all do it. Okay. Yeah. Um. Look. Okay. So th- there are positive and negatives to both, right? To digital slash physical. Ed, what? How do you feel just in general about it? Now, I, I know you've you've never had the opportunity to attend an e three. Okay. However, mm. you have attended many events locally, meaning. Yeah. In South Africa we've had our, we have our own fair share of um you know events like we've had rage um we've had rush uh, we have uh, comic con we have a, a whole lot of them. Now of course over the last couple of years they have ceased to exist for obvious reasons because of the pandemic and no one was allowed to get together anymore. And so quite a few of them moved online. And I would say from a South African perspective, rather unsuccessfully compared to, yeah. uh, you know, international events and so on. But I'm curious, purely from your perspective now, and, and, and I'll, I'll speak about mine as well. How do you feel about that? Like, um, we're like, talking about digital versus uh, physical here. So what are your pros and cons? It could be
1: very much be an age thing um because i <laughs> let me give some some background Context. i remember fondly um that's my my dad and i and sometimes a friend or two would go to the annual rage uh, which was hosted by nag new age gaming magazine um it's a big wow. mini E3 last event in the past right <laughs> Now, mm-hmm. we would do this yearly. Um, I would save up some cash. I'd buy a new graphics card there because the, the specials were always out of the world. Um, actually, my, my old graphics card just before this one came from there. Um, <laughs> it just shows you how long, uh, how much mm. I upgrade my rigs. Um, and <laughs> that was always a fun social aspect of things. Um, but it was more so hanging out with friends than the actual thing, if that makes sense
0: yes um agreed
1: but in retrospect i would say that i don't feel for it at all i don't mind that it's non-existent anymore because because of the advent of youtube and streaming and and digital announcements and events i feel that i can be more immersed in in the whole um thing Uh, because it's more accessible i can i don't need to stay glued to the screen or to the event um at uh, at the event at hand mm. i just feel like it's virtual events that is to say streamed announcements is
0: just the way to go because you bring up I, some very good points and what is interesting now is mm. What you've spoken about now has all of a sudden brought up feelings that I forgot I had. Hmm. What I mean by that is I was also a, a, a big fan of rage for, for a long, hmm. long period of time. Actually, long before it was even called rage. It used to be called, um, if memory serves, it was just the computer expo used to it happen be, once yes. a year. Uh, my, my dad used to, who's always loved technology and computers, would always take me. And I still remember mm. going in like the Voodoo 3 D FX cards and, you know, <laughs> I'm, I am that old, okay? So um, it's got a very soft spot for me, you know, mm. but uh, that was also a different era. So when yeah. I think about that, you know, that was a time or rather up until it, even maybe my early 20s, uh, which was only like a decade ago, I suppose. Um, it was still worth going to a physical event because the YouTube scene wasn't really there yet. Um, exactly. A lot of information online would always happen at physical events first, and then trickle out months, weeks later in magazines because people still yeah. weren't looking online for information. Right. Mm-hmm. Fast forward a decade, and we do absolutely live in a very digital, a very digital first world that is very wholly different to the previous one where once upon a time one would look to a newspaper or a magazine for information now you simply do a quick google search actually you don't even have to do that because chances are whatever social feed you subscribe to whether it's um, instagram tiktok uh, twitter facebook the information will already be there before you even can think about searching for said information all right yeah so where we live now it's everything's at our fingertips information is all there and what i've realized now with what you were talking about is how my enjoyment of the events as information became so much more readily available to me just dropped so the, 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 the the easier it was for me to find information the lower the 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 worse the events came off to me because Mm. now I was attending an event where I already knew everything that was about to be revealed or announced. Now perhaps this is not exactly the same for something like E3, uh, because you know, South Africa, it was always a little bit, uh, not behind schedule, but you know, just the way that the world works and the markets work. Our event was always later in the year. So therefore all announcements and things were probably already out or available. Mm. Um, But even from like hardware perspectives, it was always just an odd time to have this huge event where it was either way after an announcement or way before. So you couldn't even take advantage of it for something new, whatever the case is, right? Um, But I do feel there is a correlation there. Because even with a big event like E3, there are leaks that always occur. And I've seen many times in the past how lots of things would leak before E three would be would come out. You know, sometimes it would be hardware specs, other times it would be announcements. And generally speaking, sure, some of the event would still have one or two bangers that nobody knew about. But overall, given the the digital-first information world we live in today, it would beca- it becomes very difficult to keep things secret. Even for example, take Apple events, right? I I'm a I'm a big fan of Apple products. Um, I'm basically a Mac Apple user. Um, I, I thoroughly enjoy the ecosystem. Now I always tune into Apple events, and even then, you can find almost all the information that's about to be presented in an Apple event fire a leaker somewhere now that's maybe a, a, a different discussion the whole leaking of information thing but more along basically what i'm i'm getting at is how um you know having that you know the information there all the time means that it's not necessary to go to a physical event and then that i think edward brings us to the whole point of um Meetings that could have been emails, which also yes. then relates to <laughs> digital to physical events that could have been YouTube videos. <laughs> the, 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 the funny thing about the
1: meeting email thing is that this goes back way. The, the, this isn't even yeah. an, an advent of the digital age thing. It's just yes. <laughs> it's just a constant struggle. Um, but I do feel that with things going virtual and with streaming and um, the digital age becoming basically life. Um, I do feel that many, many, many events, especially smaller product announcements.
0: You know and what? It's, it's not even the smallest stuff anymore. So this is now me speaking personally mm. and Edward as well, right? Whether it's a South African local event or mm. it's a big international event, Okay. Just think about those events for a second. What do you end up doing at these events? Cool, you go to the event. Yes, you socialize with some people there, hopefully some friends you know, maybe some strangers. You you, you network a little bit if you want. But then you all sit and watch the video that's going to be on YouTube straight after the event.
1: Yes, <laughs> and and usually accompanied by... An MC with a broken mic, just <laughs> regurgitating whatever you're seeing on the screen anyway. Oh,
0: no, or, or or they don't even know what they're talking about. I've had that. I mean, I've to so many events where, as well. yeah, <laughs> the MC doesn't know anything about the product, and they're uh, you know doing their best to talk about j- it, but shitty jokes. <laughs> now, yeah, look, look, I suppose. Okay, so from a, a physical and I suppose sometimes also uh, software perspective. There are moments where sometimes going to an event like this will give you the opportunity to use or play said product or whatever mm-hmm. announcement that they've had. I want to just put out there though that a lot of the times it's not worth it. Um, yeah. s- sometimes it is. Sometimes it isn't. So let me break it down a little bit from a software perspective. At awesome events like E3, and even at Rage, we've ha- we've had some um, our local PR sometimes do really great work given our location and how late in the year this event can happen. Um, and one of my fondest memories of that was the, the, the one Tomb Raider event we had, where we actually had a... Um, it was at Rage, and we were shown a preview that no one had seen in the world yet, plus we had access to the game. Anyway, anyway, I don't want to get too, too much into that. From a software perspective, if you have access to a playable demo of the title after the event, that, I would say, makes it worth it, Okay because then you have time you've got maybe half an hour an hour to actually play test it and then you can put together or formulate a preview of said content where it doesn't quite work very well is when it comes to hardware and the reason for this and sometimes sometimes software as well sometimes software as well but the reason for this is because more often than not you'll go to an event they'll showcase the hardware then they'll be like now you can test the hardware and what that entails is watching somebody demo the unit for you or if you're allowed to touch it it's like five minutes and that's it then they take it yeah. back from you and it's like attached to the table and you can't really you can't really you can't do, do much do with it
1: <laughs> yeah it's basically giving giving you a 3d image of, of the hardware <laughs> actually more um, than image
0: a, a good example for anyone who's listening or watching is uh, if you whenever there's an apple event you'll see like mkbhd ijustine and a couple of other creators mm-hmm. go to the event and then they give you their first impressions right mm-hmm. that's that's assuming of course apple hasn't already given them the device you know, in, yeah. in advance. And they don't later have a video that launches when the when the event happens. But you'll note that a lot of those things are very um, superfluous. It's, mm. oh, it looks pretty, but they can't really say much or do much because what is 5, 10, 15 minutes with a brand new product? It's not possible to formulate anything other than how it feels and the way it looks. And 90% yeah. of the time when it comes to hardware, unless it's truly unique or innovative, it's very difficult to to gleam anything from that. It's basically actually, just a, a nice way of being like, oh, I was first, you know? Basically. Actually, I guarantee you,
1: if they do a notchless phone this year with, with a punch out, you'll get every single Apple creator on YouTube will go on their first impressions. They'll be like, oh, look at the notch. It looks so good. And that's going to be a direct quote from at least five, <laughs> five different channels. I guarantee you now. Actually,
0: Something else as well, just to just to put out there, which maybe some members of the public don't know, is that there are also circumstances where you are told what you can and cannot say. Yes. So you might look at a product, you might feel the product, and you might start formulating uh, things you want to talk about it. But then you'll have the PR rep tell you, okay, well, you can look at this, but note, it's a prototype model, so you can't talk about this and this and this because that might be different on a production model. Yeah, you know, and if you do talk about it, you have to then specify that this is not a production model as an just as an example, okay it doesn't happen all the time, but it's one of those things. And that always happens for games. no matter. When you're playing a demo of a title, it is always work in progress, and you are told that explicitly, and that you will encounter bugs and issues, and so on and so forth, and that your preview should not be based on that. Now, now oh, yes, on the
1: topic of games and live previews at events, um, even then, and I think this is more of a local issue, local being. We've got stuff that's older than than the international news um, cycle. Um, like, I distinctly remember playing Spider-Man. Now, Spider-Man 2018 at, I think it was Rage or was it Comic-Con? I,
0: I, I don't remember. think it remember. was Comic-Con. Because um, I remember there being a big stand with the New York... With, uh, yeah. Yes, yes. It was the first a, Comic-Con. And,
1: and the thing is, it was huge and it was nice to be able to play the game. But even then, we were specifically told that this build was an older build than what we've already seen on YouTube already.
0: Yeah. Just the
1: previous week. And I remember being so disappointed by that. But that's the
0: nature of it, though. Because you see, so for for those who may not know, um, in the world of uh, video games, specifically when it comes to code, a lot of the times code that gets pre-approved for previews Mm -hmm. and testing and for the public is weeks, if not months old, yeah. Uh, to the the latest code. Sometimes there are other moments where it can be up to the minute code. But the thing is, getting that code approved first of all and then distributed mm. is a, a fairly lengthy process. And when you have to deal with you know tens of machines that all have to have the same you know builds on them and so on and so forth, it becomes difficult. So that's that's why there's yeah. often the delay. Also. Um, I do remember recall as well. Again, I think it was a Tomb Raider thing where they had to they physically shipped the hard drive with the the oh, game yeah, on it. So in it a, really and remember, re- it was in like a safe or whatever yeah. because they because it was the only source code. There was the only copy that they had for events like this, and they yeah. had to physically like import it. It was it's just, it is the, the most incredible stories, honestly. Um, so it's 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 interesting. So what I I suppose I want to say about this is. That's very much, we're speaking very much from a physical perspective, right? Yeah. Um, and why I feel, or why I'm actually in favor of digital. Yeah. Now, don't get me wrong. The networking thing is great. Um, you know, seeing people you haven't seen in a long time, you know, the relationships you can build, it's always nice. That I don't want to take away from, from that, all right? But I also really feel that having digital first events means it is so much more accessible to people who wouldn't be able to get these previews or these opportunities, you know, again, speaking from a South African perspective. So every single time I've gone to E3, that's been self-funded. Okay. No one sponsored me. I didn't have some, you know, a lot of other local media often have uh, companies uh, that would sponsor their plane tickets and accommodation and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Um, But every time I went, I used my own dime. Um, That's just, Mm not for any particular reason other than the fact that I could afford it, I suppose. Um, But what I'm trying to get at here is that as much as many people would like to go, having something physical, which is almost always in a first world country, makes it very inaccessible for people who are not in other first world nations or who don't have the funds or the means to get to those places. So why then should they be at such a disadvantage? Why should people like us from Africa be at such a disadvantage to not be able to attend things like this unless we get sponsored or unless we can save the money or whatever the case is. Now, this is a, a very different discussion again because um, this also relates to the medical industry and how a lot of um, medical conferences and things always happen in First World Nations for diseases that are predominant in Third World countries. Anyway, yeah. that's a discussion for another day, but but the it's still relevant even to our industry, which is tech and gaming. How Having a physical event, as wonderful as it might be, means that you are excluding a large portion of people around the world who could cover your product. Now, by doing all digital, you give everyone with an internet connection, and I mean everyone, the same playing field. It's identical. Everyone's getting the information at the same time. Uh, no one has to, to worry about who's getting it first. You know, everybody can report the information when, whenever it's necessary. Okay, don't get me wrong. Sure. Uh, if your PR in your country is doing the, the Lord's work, chances are good you'll get press releases before the announcements. Um, it's very rare, but it can sometimes happen. Um, but generally speaking, you know, the digital evens the playing field. And for me, that's personally why I enjoy digital first events, because yeah. it means that no matter where I am or what I'm doing, if I choose to live a digital nomad lifestyle, I'm now no longer excluded from whatever's going on. You mm-hmm. know, a great example now is I'm going to be traveling soon, so I'll be out of the country. And for the last two years, we've enjoyed digital first events from a lot of local companies unfortunately a lot of companies are now moving towards physical events again now in my circumstance it's a bit of a unique situation because i i've split where i've been living recently so i haven't always been in one location and now i'm traveling again for other reasons which i don't want to disclose in the podcast just yet um and so you know now that everything is physical again i am now being excluded not and, and this is not mm. a oh, poor me situation it's just a well, you know, we've had we've enjoyed digital first for 2 years. It's very unusual now to once again go back to a physical event where you're just going to sit and watch a video that you could have just streamed on Zoom in, in the first place.
1: You see, to that point, um I will I need to give credit where credits to you and this is to Activision Blizzard. As much of a cancer as that company is and I'm <laughs> sorry I'm, I'm that crass, but I do feel that way. <laughs> They've always well, had the current, their BlizzardCon. with Bobby Con. Kotick, right? Yes. They've always yeah. had their, their BlizzardCon. And as well as, I, I forgot the company name, but the, but the company who made um, Warframe, the, their TennoCon oh, okay. is also, it, it comes in, in both flavors, physical and virtual. And you can buy tickets for either or, depending on how you're going to do it. And I feel going forward, why can't E3 do that?
0: Why can't rage do that?
1: Well, you know not
0: not just e three. Why can't all events be like this? Yeah, look, like even look let, let, let's, let's let's really put this into perspective, okay. Mm. We live if the current economic climate is poor for the world, not just South Africa, yeah. but the world. Petrol prices are increasing around the globe. Mm-hmm. Why should I have to get in my car, drive forty five minutes to an hour to a venue? to watch a video that's going to later be on YouTube to then not get hands on with the product because it's probably not even there
1: to Mm -hmm. maybe
0: speak to PR rep who may or may not know what they're talking about. Yeah. To then drive again 45 minutes to an hour back home. So not only now have I had to go through the expense of paying for transport. But I've also wasted three or four hours of my day for what was a 15-minute YouTube video that I could have watched at any point during the day and formed the exact same content that I would have after spending four to five hours at whatever event that I've gone to. Yeah. That, for me, is the biggest con for physical events versus digital first. You know, um, Mm -hmm. no, really, it it just is. I mean, (laughs) no, it's so, you know... I understand there are reasons why you'd want to go to a, a con. So let's use South African Comic Con, all right? Mm-hmm. The 2018 show was phenomenal. It was the first yeah. one. it They went all out. Despite having one or two people, celebrities pull out at the last minute, it was absolutely a phenomenal debut, all right? Yeah. 2019 came along, and for the most part, the, the Comic Con improved to an extent. It probably didn't have the exact same vibe as the first year, obviously, because the first one was the initial, the debut, you know, but it mm. carried on growing and it was good and um, people enjoyed it again. Mm. Then, of course, for 2020 and 2021, unfortunately, the con had to go digital first. And you know what? It it was admirable. It was an admirable attempt at trying to... to take something that has been traditionally a physical event and to make it online. Now, it didn't quite work in the way, or as well as something like E3, for example. Because, you know, understandably here, an event like E3 is about digital product. So, so... You know, you don't need to have a physical event. You don't need to be there to see it. You can just watch the stuff online. Um, You can, uh, uh, you know, PR people can organize uh, live Zoom meetings where you can watch somebody playing the game or you can still speak to developers, et cetera, et cetera. That's what's happened for the last two years. Mm -hmm. On Comic-Con's front, unfortunately, a large part of it is physical. You know, uh, cosplay is physical. The collectibles are physical. Now, with that said, and as much as Comic-Con South Africa have tried to do their best, hasn't been all that great, but they've tried. I will Mm -hmm. take my hat off to San Diego Comic-Con because they did a fantastic job over the last two years of, of the pandemic but only because they always already had a digital S- uh, San Diego Comic-Con in the background in any case for people mm. around the world who couldn't attend. So, yeah. and, wh- and what that would do is that would give you access, special access to unboxings of collectibles that people saw in person. You know, um, if there was a talk at the event, you could now stream it online. Do you know what I mean? Exactly. So, there were so many ways of ensuring that even if you couldn't make it to the event, you could still enjoy it from afar, which is exactly the example that, that Edward has given with BlizzCon. You know, whether or not you actually go there, if you pay for your ticket, your digital ticket, you have access to everything that a, that a physical person who goes to the event would have. And that, mm-hmm. for me, is how it should be. You know, yeah. you have the option, go physical or go digital, but either way, you're not missing out whichever one you pick because not everybody mm-hmm. can make it to places, you know. So, you, again, you're evening out the playing field. Um, It's quite obvious that I'm in favor of digital. (laughs) Yeah, I think it's super obvious. No, but you know, this goes goes to... It makes sense. It goes to something that came to mind when you were speaking about it just now. It comes down to comfort and availability. Mm -hmm. So when you have something like a physical event, People have to make the time out of their days to go, to get there, to, you know, you've got to set aside things. And then if you can't make it to what you miss out, right, that's it. Sorry for you. But if it's digital, you know, especially if it's made available online after. So so let's assume there's a Zoom meeting at 3 p.m. and you couldn't make it. It's okay because there's always a video on demand afterwards. So you don't really miss out. You still have the opportunity that you would have had, you know, I don't know. I mean, I know maybe a lot of people are listening to this and they're like, oh, but you're totally missing the point. You know, um, the physical events are all about the community. It's all about being around people. And, you know, people who go to Rage Land will absolutely say that, you know, because it's the biggest land in South Africa every year, or it was in any case, and probably will be when it comes back. And, you know, everybody connects and, you know, but that's a wholly different thing. Uh, A a Rage Land like that doesn't need to be part of Rage to be successful that's exactly. a wholly different experience that's... altogether because people who go to their land don't barely even walk on the show floor. <laughs> so... Yep,
1: they, they pay for a weekend land ticket <laughs> yes. and then just pirate games and play card all day. <laughs>
0: that's, that's... <laughs> that, that sounds the, like the life to me. Okay. It would be apex in my opinion, <laughs> but um, you know, same, same thing, same thing. Yeah. So I'd, I'd love to know what you all think. Uh, what are you in favor of, you know, do you want things to go back to the way they were before? All physical, you have to go into the office, you know, you've got to lose time to your commute, but at least then you get to socialize with people and, um, you know, including your bosses. Or <laughs> would you prefer the the digital first thing where your time is your own and as long as you get the work done, it doesn't really matter what you're doing or where you're located or the same for the industry that we're in. As long as we have access to the video, it doesn't matter when we watch it, as long as we do, and then we can produce the content. You know? Yeah. Um yeah, I think it's quite clear I'm digital first. Yourself, Edward?
1: Same. Um except for maybe missing out on some social interaction. But even then, for me, it was always with friends, which I can do
0: anyway. Look, it, I'll, um, so... Let me let me let me drop some some hot tea about these social events. 90% of the time, at these events, especially if you're part of the media, you will come into contact with people whom you know or have met along the way, from other publications and so on and so forth. If you're so lucky, you'll become friends with these people. If not, they will merely remain acquaintances who, depending on how they feel, might still know you or not know you on, at the next event. That and is call the, your friend online. That is the... The, the crux of it that is what it's like yeah. you know your real friends are well you know who they are right yeah. And if you are so lucky to make them in the industry you're in then all, all then you're all the better for it but generally mm. speaking going to these events are, are very much a show of oh hey i'm still part of the industry i'm here um, you know i haven't been forgotten um, i'm just here to show face That's sort of how it's become, to be honest with you, over the last couple of years. This was even before the pandemic. It kind of got to a point of uh, where people were just, uh, oh, you know, I'm still relevant. That's why I'm here. Um, Which, goodness knows, we've even had to do because we have a constant struggle fighting with... uh, public relations entities in south africa but that's that's a topic for another time that's not a topic for Mm. today for today it's all about digital versus physical and in that perspective i'm very much digital first despite the fact that i understand how having physical events has an allure to it but i just feel from the perspective of allowing a playing field that is accessible to everyone I firmly believe in digital first with the option of physical for those who are able to make it, but there shouldn't be a difference between them. That's my personal opinion. Yeah. And you feel the same way.
1: (laughs) Exactly the same way. I mean, if you have to go physical, just give us the option. That's it.
0: That's actually, you know what? I I think that's it. I think that that's, that's, that's it. So yes. Um, Tech and gaming events should be virtual by nature. Yeah. Personally speaking. But if you have mm-hmm. a physical version, always have a digital as well. There is no yeah. point today in why you should have a physical event without a digital component. Because why? Why do you want to cut off people who are unable to make it to your physical event? Doesn't make sense. Yeah. Even if you have a physical product to try, it doesn't matter. All you need to then do is set up a separate stream where you can have somebody demoing the product for those who are watching. That's something. Yeah. Because chances are, anyway, that people who are there are going to have such minimal hands-on time with the goods, anyway, that that a simple demo is more than enough. I mean, after all, that's what Tech YouTube does. That's what the MKBHD and I Justine's of the world do. They give you their opinion of using the product for five minutes. So why can't somebody else just do that while I'm watching live? Exactly. Anyway, <laughs> as Mind always, drop. we want to know. Yeah, yeah, we want to know your <laughs> opinion. Uh, let us know, do you agree, do you disagree? Uh, what have been your favorite moments perhaps in the past of either digital or physical events, and how do you feel about it? You know, are we making sense in terms of how you know emotions and things have changed because we live in a digital social world now versus years ago when we didn't have that kind of information on tap or do you vehemently disagree and you feel that we should be touching grass <laughs> outside? The outside grass. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) I mean. Anyway, um, I suppose that comes to the end of this episode. If you enjoyed, please do like, subscribe and share. And Edward and I look forward to seeing you in the next episode. Ciao. Bye.